0: Hello ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk About It, a Tugiwaki podcast. This is episode 14 and today we are continuing with the Men to Help series, Men's mental health, Help, a side of the conversation that we don't often hear. My guest today is a really good friend of mine, an interesting human being. He is a multi-instrumentalist, apprentice, producer, tech enthusiast. He's a singer, a songwriter. His name is Gabriel Yokwe, and I met him at Desta University when I was a freshman. We ended up sharing a couple of classes in my first year because I was doing the music program as well. I constantly learn from Gabu's story. His life, his interest in music and technology, and he's just always teaching me something new. So, in this conversation, we get to talk about his relationship with his dad, the ups and downs and the in betweens, and just how this has affected his mental health, as well as what he thinks about fatherhood and and all of that. So, before we get into the episode and the questions I asked him, I really want to apologize because. you will hear in the episode there's there was and there still is a slight issue with the recording and the sound and so it it sounds a bit funky but like the content is fire so I didn't want to not post this um so please bear with me I'm definitely going to improve on this this is not going to be happening often um life happens you know and I'm just really working on trying to be consistent so please bear with me but listen to the episode is hilarious we have a lot of fun we talk about about a lot of things so you know how um this happens a lot in like african churches you know how people say please don't listen to the voice listen to the words in the message that's what i'm asking you to do in this episode uh <laughs> just please bear with me and enjoy the episode so i began by asking him what his experience has been like being on the son end of fatherhood what it's been like being a son to his dad. Listen and enjoy.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, I guess I can say it's been okay. Um, (laughs) I can't really put a a term to it and say it's been excellent or not, but I can say it's been fine. Um, definitely a few questions here and there on why certain things happen uh the way they do. Looking at the relationship I have with my dad, and again, until you meet other people and so on, you actually don't know what that should look like because you're like a blank slate. You just come to the world, you have a parent, and they're being your parent, and you don't necessarily have uh, what do you call it? Yeah, you don't know the other way, and there isn't like a catalogue or some kind of a, where somewhere where you go and read reviews first and be like, also oh, this is what they should be like. So up until you get, like, get to a certain age or meet other people and then you start sharing information on oh, you, how you are things like and then you start realizing hiya, yeah. I'm a maybe kuna 1, two, 3 but I can simply say it's been it's been okay, it's, it's been quite a journey. And okay doesn't necessarily mean good or bad or a degree of good and bad. It's just mm-hmm. that it's been okay. And again, since it's life, you're discovering things every day, you're learning new things. And then you ultimately start realizing, oh, so this is what fatherhood looks like. So being a son can be this way or could have been. Mm-hmm. And then you realize what was done well or what you think wasn't done well. Again, that's also kind of relative. And then you start now shaping your own mind. On, ah, So I guess if it were me, I would approach
1: it this way.
3: And we're actually going to get to that about about what kind of dad you want to be or what kind of fatherhood journey you are preparing yourself for what What, if any effect effect has your your relationship relationship with your dad had on her mental mental
2: health that's a good one that's a good one i think i'll I'll start by saying it's up until now or maybe a few years ago maybe two or so is when i realized first of all the idea of mental health and mental wellness or your mind having to function or to having to be in a certain state for you to be considered mentally healthy is something i interacted with quite late in my life which was just here while i'm in university that's one Mm -hmm. two it is also within the same space that i got to realize that actually parenting does actually affect your mental health or rather mental wellness and so for me this one is a is a is a kind of deep one so it's the things i've experienced which include um where do i start so oh you want the eh? (laughs) meter so let me first start by before i tell you what the instances are that have affected me let me first start by saying that um i didn't know why I realized I was fearful or afraid of doing stuff for me. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't answer why when I wanted to. I, I, I like to think I used to be a bit lively, a bit adventurous. But with time, that was reduced. Uh, I started becoming afraid with doing things for me. I always have to uh, think about others first. Uh, if I'm doing anything for me, I feel like I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I used to be very okay with rewarding myself once in a while if I've done something good. Mm-hmm. I found that almost becoming, not necessarily an existent, but in Tungua, I couldn't understand that and where that was coming from. Um, Another thing was, or is, I realized I'm very self-critical mm-hmm. and so I'm setting the things that I realized and then I'll explain how I got to connect them to the things that got me to being where I am, that is how my uh, relationship with my dad and all. Okay. So, I realized I'm very self-critical again as a musician especially I find it very easy to do things and help other people out whether it is playing whether it is in the writing process and now thank god even through production that was it's very easy for me to do very easy for me to handle but if I'm to sit down and do anything for me and in this case I mean I'd like to write a song, I'll put down an idea and I'll be like, ah, now what's that? Why? Why? why what does that even sound like? Uh, something I'm, I've been doing recently which is I'm starting to put out covers mm-hmm. and uh, I, I you, you know this and I'll probably maybe get to explain that but I did it or I'm doing it not because I want people to know I play bass. I'm doing it to shut down the noises in my head
1: mm-hmm.
2: when I do something and so I'm so self critical and I can't let anything I do get past myself because I think it's not good. You know, I realize I have so many covers and things I'd like to do and to express myself you know that is singing playing acoustic or mm-hmm. playing bass but as soon as I record it I'm like ah, I didn't know it I sound that nice bad it. oh, and
3: sing. it's not mm.
2: too, no. it's not my mm. technique and of course in return I'm wondering now what will people also think? and I think it's not actually what people think it's just really being me and letting those voices get into my head so basically I never let any of my own stuff go past me mm-hmm. they always got blocked and I didn't like that space because it's something is birth bathed in me something is taking shape and it wants to you know, it, okay, to create space for something else Yeah. but it's like now a traffic jam so these are some of the things I realized about myself and so then to answer your question which is how has my relationship with my dad contributed to why some of those things were now existent in my life or rather to mental wellness because these were blocks I wasn't functioning at optimum mm. you know mm.
1: and
2: so then that means I wasn't being me as much as I needed to mm-hmm. and those blocks were keep me from basically actually progressing in my life because if it's something that is still present with me up till now Mm -hmm. then there are things i can't unlock if i'm still struggling with these exact same thoughts Mm -hmm. so my relationship with my dad on the onset i can say my dad is an amazing person in what sense my dad is super responsible and i mean super i can't i don't know anyone as responsible as he is um and he's instilled uh, those values in us very straightforward very procedural if something's supposed to happen this way let it be done in that way he's also an academician a student through and through okay. very devoted to his books and um believed believed in in education i mean someone born in 1946 so Education was such a gift. He had no way out. Walking kilometers to school, studying in Uganda, being a refugee there, and he always had to excel. He had to be distinct. He
3: had no but choice for,
2: but to. There was no be choice. And so, um, now coming to us, he wanted the same. Um, he knows the power of education, what it can do, and so number one, be good with the education, study hard, uh, and do well. Be a high performer, high achiever it will eventually translate to a good job and a good life. We have had countless evenings of conversations and lectures on hard work, hard work. Mm -hmm. What is hard work? What is hard work? He wasn't so much concerned about an actual relationship with who we are
1: mm-hmm.
2: as opposed to equipping us with what he knows we need
1: mm-hmm.
2: to achieve a good life now if there was a balance or a weighing scale mm-hmm. it, it would be on an extreme because the other side is but who are you mm-hmm. so how getting
3: do you getting to know it? your know child life. yeah and bring them for life Yes
2: and preparing them for life, mm-hmm. looking at these tools, education and all, mm-hmm. and coupling that with who your child is and kind of allowing the best of both worlds to come out. Mm-hmm.
3: So it's like it, customizing your yeah, parenting, no. parenting and for who your child mm-hmm. is. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Also understanding his background, where it's come from. So to him, this is how he's showing his love. This is how he's being a parent. I'm mm-hmm. being responsible, I'm giving him a good education, I'm um, good upbringing, so that, uh, they'd also be able to stand on their own two feet. Mm. Now, the only disconnect was, uh, you would know this, uh, our parents, anyone, I'd like to say anyone above 50,
1: mm-hmm.
2: sciences were the main thing.
1: For sure.
2: Mm. Engineering, was... bias. Yeah. And I mean now in terms of uh, professions,
3: they
2: mm-hmm. wanted to be an engineer, a doctor. A pilot always sounded fun. Uh, mm. uh, although they knew it was uh, it was a good job, it was because of the money.
4: Mm.
2: Primarily, because of the money and I think also the uh, the pride or the prestige attached to the, mm. to, the to the occupation also and so I had that conversation one day with our parents or someone like what do you want to be and these are probably like the three top you know those occupations all too well and so why was this an issue or where now does my journey now start or how does now this relationship with my dad? Uh-huh. start affecting me this is how it starts i am very playful or i was very playful i like to think to, to think i still am i was a very playful child i like being outside more than being inside liked playing soccer any sport anything that had a ball anything that just got my my heart pumping i love the adventures uh i'd be the guy who would una gt and then you make a sword and pretend you're sword fighting or make a wand because I was a fan and of Harry Potter's.
1: With with grass,
2: grass, we used anymore. tires and slapped them the whole day. Your hands are gray at the end. <laughs> we played Bano, we played food, we just did everything. That was me. And so, even toys, we are given toys. I used to break my toy, like brand new toys. I'm, I was very inquisitive. I'm like, hey, if I pull this car back, it moves forward how does it do that now how will I find out if I can't open the thing I need to open the thing so the problem was brand new toys everyone has gotten their toy I open mine up and the problem was I don't have tools either so I open it up the buyer some parts I have to use force and the, the car can't put back together but, but then I realize oh it has this car thing that winds it that holds the energy and then actually oh I'm like awesome now I, my toy break, break the, the toy. toy proper oh my god and it's the thing truly then they think I'm breaking me I'm learning mmm I just couldn't tell them that. Me, me, I, in fact, I was satisfied after I'd broken it and I understood how it works. <laughs> I can now throw my toy away. The problem oh was I'd God. go and open the rest. Now that's when I'm getting in trouble.
3: You're <laughs> like, was a <coughs> good toy <coughs> while it, it lasted. Now, now, now,
2: next, yeah, I, I now know how the toy works. My mm-hmm. issue wasn't the toy. <laughs> I know how it works mm-hmm. now anyway. Now in class, mm-hmm. again, not very good with paying attention to the teachers. hmm Very playful, always talking, making people laugh. So my grades weren't always the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now for my dad, an academician, that's an issue. Mm. His pride is in seeing his children perform well. The way The way he did. The way he did. And not so much the way he did, but also the fact that if you don't, you're not going to have a bright future.
4: Mm.
2: So it's also a necessity. You need to do it. So why was this an issue for me? And believe me, it's so not that I really I was doing that bad. It's just that I wasn't consistent. Number four, number 13. Number seven, number 14. Number eight, number six. Number three, I've even been number two, I think twice. You I was all over. So the teachers could never say, okay, janani, it's a like, in fact, they were confused. When parents came, they didn't know what to tell my parents. Like, <laughs> and I was there not caring as they received the reports. I'm
1: like, mm.
2: probably I could have been with my friends drinking juice or something. So this, this idea of me being playful, mm-hmm. they didn't see it as how this guy is different. Because my, my brother and my sister, you can, I can see my brother equally playful and all, but him, he was books guy. Mm -hmm. all of them, my brother and my sister and even now my youngest, Mm -hmm. books people number one, number two, number one, number two number one, number two, they did well and so that was a fun, that wasn't for me because I was always on the other side of where you, be consistent
3: Mm -hmm. and
2: I could feel it, because you know when your parent is not proud of you
3: sometimes they don't even have to say anything it's just, just, they look at you a certain certain way or the the tone tone in in their their voice voice is different towards towards you but it sounds better for your siblings than you and that a child, A, child A child is able to understand.
2: A child is able to. It's true, and I and I remember telling my mom recently. You guys don't know because you're the one on the on the other end of dishing out what you guys are. You're the ones reacting to me. Mm-hmm. but I know when you were happy and I know when you were not and, um, and I know that it affected me whether you knew that or not I can look back as a child and I can remember instances where that stuff you guys said or did or, do, or not getting that the same uh, kind of affirmation mm-hmm. as my brother and sister did simply because of the high performance like I know like you can't sit here and tell me oh we loved you the same I told my parents, look, that's not for you to say. Mm. Because me, I know what I felt. And I know it's affected me too now.
3: Children pick up on things that we don't think they can understand. Mm. And as a a future parent, you have to be so deliberate in how you communicate to your children. But also as a child, as a grown-up child, we sometimes don't accept or acknowledge Bad when you did this, or I don't understand why my, my siblings are treated siblings. differently from me. And all of them, all part of mentoring well by accepting, by accepting your experiences, it's by acknowledging, just by just exploring those like, windows. Yeah. I see that time when you said this, did you really mean it like this? I'm, a, I'm misunderstood. Sometimes parents don't know that they passed on that feeling or the communicated feeling towards their child but that's, but that's the beauty of psychology like children are, children are constantly, constantly learning learn. from their parents not just like, but nonverbal Do your body language how you carry yourself children are able to tell what your mood is when you're walking. Mm-hmm. So it's true, there are times when your partner does something, you know that's not what they intended or that's not what they meant, but it reached you, that message
2: reached you. You It's interesting also that no one sits and teaches you a psychology lesson as you do life. There isn't a review. And so it's interesting how we've actually lived with each other because what happens is with life, you eventually get to a place. Depending on how you are brought up, either you had space to talk about such, but you see the typical African household, you don't. a lot of the things are assumed. And you yeah. just watch as a yeah. leader, And you don't have such conversations. You're like, that's a monolimia. Mm. It's always the father has spoken. We decide how you want to feel about it. You don't apologize in our cultures. Mm. In and you just kind of move on. And we've had, had a, we've perfected just being able to stomach that and move on. Mm. So again, also you realize there was only so much to work with. It's also hard having to grow up. And now understand it. But life happens, you're grown up, you're no longer just thinking, knowing that I'm growing up to be something. Mm. You start feeling, you start considering your 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 you hear what other people are doing, you're exposed to the world, the other things that could happen. You're basically on a journey of knowing yourself.
1: Mm. And so
2: I realized I like music. And this was and I knew this from when I was really young. I was already, I was, my uncles had an easy time teaching me guitar. Mm-hmm. I learned really fast. I was playing in my school band, the prim, in my primary school, mm-hmm. played bass. And, and a lot of guys were happy. Parents were really astonished looking at me play. I was just playing two or three notes, mm-hmm. but I looked like I was having a good time. And my mom would tell me, a lot of parents would, parents were asking me, like, Who's, whose child is that? They're so happy. But again, the Africanness in my parents doesn't allow them to pick those instances Mm. and say, what do we have here? What is special about this child? That isn't just education and the ability to regurgitate what he learns in class. Yeah. So all of that was pushed to the side as it's good to know he has that. That's great. But eh, Soma, Soma, Soma. So later in life, this one thing that they kept casting aside apparently turns out to be the thing that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do. And so I finish high school. I want to do piloting, but I take a break. And in this break I realize I want to do music. Get born again. I'm playing in church. This passion, this desire, this fire just starts. So I now have to have this conversation a few years later with my parents on how I don't want to do piloting anymore. And I want to pursue music, mm. not just as a career, but as a ministry. So it's now everything. It's now that I'm now shaping my purpose. Mm. It's no longer just something I want to do. It's so not just career. child has
3: now grown up. This
2: child has grown up. Mm. And, and by the way, before I continue this, let me just say one thing, one quick instance. I've told you this before. In high school, I come home, I got 100 out of 100 in a physics test. Mm-hmm. I take it to my parents out oh, to my dad specifically, because he's the one who attack us in a S hour. Yeah. So I come home with it. I'm excited. I'm like, finally I have something to show so that I can get the same probably solicit the same reaction, right? The same affirmation. So I come with that test. I'm like, hey, daddy, mm. I got 100 out of 100 in the physics test. I showed it to him. Written there, of course, boldly, 100 over 100 with a nice huge circle. Because
3: even the teachers are
1: like, okay?
2: Yeah, so I show him. And he looks at that paper and he sits me down like a book upper. So I sit. And even his reaction, his tone mm-hmm. isn't one that says, it's not congratulatory, it's Okay. Have a seat. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I'm not sure this what you're saying. Please, like, have a seat here. So I sit down. Now I'm already feeling like, ah, that's I mean. Mm. So I give him a while. He looks through the paper, no mistakes. There was no correction where it was like, oh, but he should have. And in other words, I've earned those marks.
3: Yeah, it's like he's yeah, looking for like where the teacher made a mistake. He's not believing, believing. your yes. instruction. Mm.
1: Yes. And so he reads through it and he's like, hmm. Okay. And you're sure it was a hundred out of a hundred.
3: My goodness.
2: The teacher. And he's looking and he found you know, and I was like, okay, good. I remember I just walked out like ah, I, Kyle?
1: Mm.
2: It changed my view towards education. Mm. So who am I trying to please? Because I've never thought of education as something I'm doing for me. For me, it's just always been me, I'm doing this thing because this is supposed what I'm supposed to be doing at this age, at this time, for this long, and the people only to be most pleased. Are my parents because they're paying a lot of money to make sure I do that, and yeah. they told me if I do yeah. this well, I'll get a good job. So I've never owned this idea of I'm going to school mm-hmm. and so the, the one person who I've been trying to impress and please, even when I've done it, like I can't go better than a hundred out of a hundred. yeah there's
0: no like finally. I
2: gave up and so that contributed towards my attitude to education i I didn't care anymore again about getting good grades, about trying to impress anyone. in fact, even today. I tell people, and you know this, I don't care about my GPA. I don't care what it looks like. Mm. Because it doesn't represent anything accurate about me. I mean,
3: you're more than what you get in your exam. And that's Mm. so important for people who are raised in the 844 system. Usually your marks are your identity. (laughs) But, (laughs) <laughs> That's the mentality you are brought up on. You didn't get a hundred, mm. you're stupid. You got a C, you'll be homeless. It's so wrong. But mm-hmm. also, the thing I wanted to say was somebody's probably thinking, but this was primary school, how can this still affect you, surely? The thing is, the things that happen to us in our childhood are so important in shaping who we are as adults. And so, actually, mm-hmm you know how people say Kangu. there's a lot of statements in society about like, how men should be, yeah. do you think that they have an impact and have they had an impact on you and how do you deal with how that impacts you
2: Um, on me personally I don't think it's affected me per se what do I mean, because I've never really believed in those, like I hear them as statements but they've never resonated with me, I mean someone sat and thought I cry. when I was beaten I cried so i don't understand mm-hmm. when i was young when i feel bad i cried when something was put on me that i hadn't done i cried for me i've only interact with such statement as merely opinion mm-hmm. i can't say i actively decided what to think about them mm-hmm. but they never got to me because i simply felt like they were not true mm-hmm. anyone does work everyone does work one or the other
3: mm-hmm.
2: i can't say they've affected me you no know?
3: Okay, so let's just so let's go back for a minute to the statements your dad would make. How, what you, happened, what now happened now when you came and said you want to do music?
2: Well, this one I can. I'll do you a favor and keep it as brief as I can, cause I can talk about this for four days. Um, I'll say it this way: Number one, we we'll,
3: have you on <laughs> podcast, by the way, so that people can come and listen to your stories. I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
2: You're going to edit this out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you can keep it in. Anyway.
1: <laughs>
2: so I'll, I'll, I'll say this so number one we really talked about our parents and all oh, sciences the kind of careers they'd like us to have uh-huh. so that's what was expected of us in my case i was telling my dad that i don't want to do any of those so number one red flag to him Mm-hmm. number two my option doesn't make sense at all like in his mind what is music there is no place for music yeah. what is music so this was actually one of i think this was the culmination of what would end up really now crippling me or coming up as hindrances as i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. because when i brought this up even having the courage to bring it up It took a lot to master that and it didn't go so well. That conversation didn't go so well. Mm -hmm. It actually ended with, by the way, I can't pay for someone to study music. Mm -hmm. I can pay for you to go do anything else, business management, uh, whatever the case, but no music. Music is merely but a hobby, something that you do for fun and on the side. Mm -hmm. And there is no future in that. And so he went and was very categorical and very direct. I cannot pay someone to do that Uh the long story short is i was able to get him to pay not necessarily through convincing him let me say just say we thank god for our mothers Mm. and so she was the one who was able to go and talk to him and kind of calm him down and be like you know let the kid have his way so indeed i was i am here that's what I've studied and I'm hoping to graduate this year. So it's been a, a nice four years.
3: That's how we, However, met. we met. Yes. We're sharing music We're sharing classes.
2: Music. Yeah. Yeah. And all I can say is asking for fees wasn't fun. It was like I was asking for a Ferrari every semester. <laughs> and it was probably the beginning of every semester was the most awkward and the most difficult time of my university. Like It was always given with a lot of... Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't just given simply because it is what I needed and what I asked for.
3: It's like you are yeah. pinching a rock for yeah.
2: fees. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have the resources to give them to you. I don't like what you're doing, and I'll make sure you know that every time I give it to you. Mm. So it was really hard. It was really hard. Um I think that was what really broke me. So basically all my life I've never been allowed to be me. Mm. Is actually what now I'm trying to get at. So you can see why or how this contributed to why I had a hard time doing stuff for me. Yeah. Why I became self-critical, especially when it was something I wanted. Mm-hmm. Because I've never been, I've never been affirmed for being me, mm-hmm. for being playful, uh, for being inquisitive, mm-hmm. for being curious, adventurous, for being creative, for desiring to do something that made me happy. And so that got to me.
3: And I really and think and that really resonates with a lot of a lot people, of of lot people of and especially these guys. guys these, I think. <laughs> Honestly, in society, there's more spaces for girls to explore, be affirmed, but there are a lot of boys and men who don't feel that affirmation, and that encouragement to just be themselves. Yeah and it gets to you because you internalize it. You also don't have a lot of spaces to talk about these things because everyone is in their lane. You're supposed to be successful. You're supposed to be working hard. Is this this, drive to just see your front, move move forward, get things done? But it's so difficult to be yourself, to really just be yourself and be celebrated as who you really are.
2: It's true. And let me tell you, it's interesting how Christianity isn't as straightforward or as easy as people may want it to seem because do you know what this this causes it causes some sense of strife Mm -hmm. things aren't now really smooth with your parents because you're not agreeing on things that to both of you are fundamental Mm. i know why i want to do music i know why i want to do it as a ministry Mm -hmm. i am finally understanding who i am Mm. but you do but you're not listening to me as a parent because you want to understand me like i'll say that again they they never listen to understand you to say Oh, so this is what you're saying? Mm. How can we help? You know, it is in everything. It's like they're looking for sound bites. Is he going to say something that is what we want to hear? Is he finally going to say, "I realize I want to do agriculture," or "I want to do business management," or "I finally want to help out to the family business"? If you're not saying any of those things, every wow. other These thing you say, we are not listening. Yeah, and they become aggravated. They become defensive and they become hurtful Mm. like how do you warrant your behavior towards me because i didn't say i want to do what you wanted so you make me pay for it i mean it's understandable because you're a concoction you're a bowl of experiences Mm -hmm. of your environment and many other things but when you have also let that clouded your judgment and your ability to allow me to be me how do you justify that and then you become an adult you have your beliefs i don't want to have issues with my parents I want to honor them. I want mm. to respect them. I want to be obedient. You want
3: to do and right by them. Ryan.
2: You want to do right by them, but also by God. Yeah. Honor. And so you're you are now adulting. You believe in God. You're trusting in God. You love God. But things around you aren't making sense. And you still want to honor God in that. So you're now juggling the fact that I'm learning with your parents. You uh, you have your desires and things you need to do and achieve. Uh, you need to be right to, to, to also walk right by the law. Uh-huh. and so you're just doing life but you find there comes a point where your faith and relationships your career and other things you desire sometimes are not agree. Mm-hmm. and still god needs to be glorified
3: in all of that At the end of the day, it's so important to know who you are in light of God because he's the one who, and from what you're saying and from how I've seen you live in your life, you've chosen to follow what God says you are above the comfort of being at peace with your pardon. Like obedience to God costs in so many ways. A consequence of that obedience is the discomfort with your pardon. And that often comes when you choose to live a life that's authentic you you choose to go through life as who you are authentically that rubs rubs a lot of people the wrong way it might not be your parents it might be your siblings or your workmates or your friends it might be people around you who are like i why are you so yourself you just conform just a bit because you're making us uncomfortable Mm -hmm. when you who you are and why you are on this earth and what you are put here to do, you have no, you have choice, no but choice but to but just be yourself. And that is not that a is very not comfortable right. position to be, but it's the most fulfilling position to be in.
2: That's correct. Because when you realize that by the way, all I actually have is God,
4: mm-hmm.
2: people, and then there is myself mm-hmm. amidst those people and purpose mm-hmm. like I don't have time to be anything other than me. Like yeah. why would I compromise on that so that I live with some kind of regrets because I've been trying to get someone to see what I need them to see. Mm-hmm. Yet by me not being me and understanding God and purpose, then Kunamtuataumia or I'll be doing a disservice to someone who
3: needs who you needs to be yourself. yourself. That's who needs to be I myself. When we deny who we really are, we end up hurting people who would have been impacted or whose lives would have been saved by our authentic self That's a whole yeah. other podcast episode, to be honest. <laughs> mm. I just want to just encourage anyone who's listening and who's like, I'm pretending to be someone I'm not, or I'm holding back from being who I really should, really can be for the sake of other people's peace, for the sake of other people's approval. That never ends well for you because you're not yourself. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
3: your life comes comes to an end, and you're like, I have so many regrets. And we're not saying it's easy to just be yourself authentically. You lose friends, you lose money, you lose that comfort and security from being around people, but you gain life, you gain joy, you gain fulfillment by being who God created you to really be.
1: Mm -hmm. So Uh, so when you were describing how
3: when you realize all you have is God people, you amongst those people people, your purpose and everything do you think that having friends who you can talk to, especially like male friendship, how have you been able to navigate this space you're in of I'm living my authentic life, I'm doing what I was created to do, what role has having good friendships around you played in that decision?
2: I think um, firstly, for the longest while I had a hard time talking and uh, opening up because I was so concerned about putting up a certain image mm-hmm. to which a lot of people around me interpreted as, "Hey, eh, you're strong or you have your things together. Mm-hmm. But I knew deep down, I'm struggling, I'm insecure, mm-hmm. and I need help. But because none of those uh, things ever came out in my life, or showed up then guys knew eh and yeah you are someone Was it all together and so first of all having people who were around me constantly and being themselves Mm -hmm. helped me to realize by the way I can't always be on the end of thinking I am there to help others as though I don't need help myself Mm -hmm. I also need that outlet I also need people around me to know I'm struggling with this and that's relieving so indeed friends have helped me by just being around Mm -hmm. even when they thought they knew me and being around long enough to allow me to be encouraged by the fact that they open up to me, they share with me their struggles and seeing them living almost not kind of unburdened because they're not struggling with trying to put up a certain image, false image of of, of what? Of strength and having it all together. Mm. That encouraged me because I was harboring everything that I was going through thinking that that's the stronger way that the more I could hold in then the stronger I was. And
3: the stronger is are, I yeah.
2: So I guess you're I fell for that one. Yeah. I guess I fell for that one. Uh, but um, it was eating me up. And I realized each and every time something else happened, I, I just knew if one day I was to, un- to, to just let out and just unleash, mm-hmm. it was only a matter of time where I would be triggered and I'd just mm-hmm. burst out in Anger, however I would express it, wouldn't be nice. And that's not healthy. And so I, I have found peace in sharing with my close friends. Mm-hmm. And also people I look up to. People that mentor me, work with me. People mature than myself, older than myself. It doesn't matter whether older or younger, but people I can confide in. Mm-hmm. It's helped a lot. Yeah, I think ease of it's, the pressure.
3: it's so important to not carry everything by yourself because I think you've I think gained more by opening up and letting people know who you really are than by shutting them out. Yeah. It helps it's you not carry all of the weight and all of the thoughts and all of the doubts. And also I think before, your dad's voice was really loud in your head yeah. uh, contributing, uh, to contributing to that criticism and overthinking and those roadblocks. But When you opened up, now people were able to affirm you and compliment you and really cheer you on in these things that you thought you weren't even good at.
2: Mm. And it also kept the people the most authentic people around me who are there Mm -hmm. for me. It saved some people who got sifted, And those who weren't okay with me being that way were the cutter or the jikata. And those who appreciated me for being that way are still around.
3: Yeah, I think I want to observe observe that 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 when people are not their true selves, selves, selves. it's so hard to make friends because because you have to maintain this facade, this Mm mask, this... mm This, this person who you're person not, who are not to keep these it's friends. Really but, then when, but then when when you take the risk take and show who you really are, people, people, the, people the people who are people most are like you most just kind of just gravitate kind of towards you. Towards you. Mm,
1: mm. So,
3: so you, have you have friends, I've seen you I've with seen friends you who are playful, people, who are adventurous, who are what are you are what describing yourself to be. Because mm. mm. you've, you've just opened, opened up that side of you and that attracts people who are like you like 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 attracts like
2: like. you get and can i just say i think the biggest reward i've gotten from doing this
3: Mm
4: -hmm.
2: i used to attract people who i thought subconsciously Mm -hmm. they're the ones who need my help i can help you
4: Mm. i
2: don't really think you can help me now i have people who want to help me not just want can help me Mm -hmm. have what it takes to help me even when i don't and i've learned to be okay with that that I need help, that you can help me, that I can say, Sico Papua, yeah. that I can say, I'm down on money, mm. that I can say, I don't like what's happening at home, I don't like how, or I like this, or this is happening in my life, and it's awesome.
3: And they're able to, yeah, celebrate, they're you able able to celebrate
2: you, and be, celebrate you be happy
3: for yeah. you, and we you. Because
2: it's not always all gloomy, no. it's yeah. a lot of fun
3: also.
1: Mm. For
3: sure. Hey, that's mm-hmm. it. Okay. So <laughs> let's go back let's to, go back fatherhood, to fatherhood, fatherhood. And there's something you had something mentioned, about how, how parents, parents, they are either really focused, really focused on, on this, this is what I need to I impart in my child so that child they can succeed in life without knowing who good. their child is. Or they are oh, so they're focused so on, focused on, this is the type of child I have. I'm going to spoil, going to spoil them and I'm going to give them, give them the soft, soft life from day one. And so they're not ready to face life face as it, life really um, is. um. And so I wanted so to, I want to ask want you, what lessons, lessons do you want to pass to on to pass your, on your on children on from what your dad did, dad write, did and right? And what and don't what you want did. to replicate?
2: Ooh, I'm going to be a bit careful with how I answer this in this sense. Mm -hmm. i'm not a parent yeah i am not married and i don't have a child Mm -hmm. so firstly i also don't beat up my parents at all because they did what they know Mm -hmm. and a lot of the things that make me the way I am today is because I've had amazing parents an amazing prayerful mom who will always just tell me like in any conversation no matter what you are talking about that's how it will end very prayerful to a dad who is super responsible very articulate very smart very direct and just very all-round solid Mm -hmm. and I hope I will be able to do because I am certain that this is one of those things for easier said than done and i know it from my friends who are recently married and all first i realized that this child this is god's child my child given the responsibility to take care of them Mm -hmm. but to bring them up in a way that God, first of all, that they can know God because I don't know if there's a higher purpose than that. And then ultimately using that relationship to also help others to come to that realization in whatever way. So I have that mandate to bring up this child to know God Mm -hmm. or to guide them on the path of knowing God, helping them to be themselves, to know themselves. Ultimately so that what? God can be able to use them in whatever way God would like to partner with them, work with them. That's a mandate that I have. And so I want to be, keen on understanding this child's personality
1: mm-hmm.
2: instilling in them values and ultimately the rest i leave to god cuz it's not just about having a child because i can mm-hmm. like i don't want a child because that's something i've always wanted like it's i see a responsibility you know it's not just children are cute <laughs> i like the fact that we yes, pro- are yeah they are and <laughs> and I've had the amazing testimonies of fathers like mm-hmm. new fathers who are just like man, it's so amazing just coming home to this child, it's soothing mm-hmm. like I like all of that but that changes, it's the time that kid is no longer soothing when they're teenagers Hey, eh, that
1: time even will come even <laughs> when they're toddlers, they're toddlers they're just breaking
3: everything <laughs> <and> <laughs> well, being so, yeah, if I understand it correctly um, being a father is a responsibility,
1: it's a responsibility.
3: you have the job of Introducing your child to the concept of God, the concept that God created them, or the truth—let me not say concept—the truth that God created them for mm. a reason and a purpose. And your job is just begin them on that journey. Yeah,
2: to let that relationship with God flow through their now giftings, their talents, their career.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's the idea. It's it's a, it's a responsibility. That's all that shouts in my head. Just seem I mean, I also appreciate the other beautiful things, including just seeing the process of growth, the nurture, the idea that from something so small, so delicate to something that wields power, has thoughts, (laughs) has desires. Uh, I look forward to that. But I think what really keeps ringing in the back of my head is that responsibility, like you're an asset to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. above all else you are a human being that god loves he purposed for you to be on this earth and so my role is to help in that process of discovery the best that i can to allow you to also flourish whatever that looks like that means your good and bad experiences—they all cumulatively contribute to who you are and how you can impact the world. So
3: that falls under the lessons you yes. want to pass.
1: Mm, on lessons to I want children. to pass. Yes.
3: So when it comes so when to it things comes to you don't want to replicate, replicate what what, what are, are you not? Are you passing on passing to your children?
1: Hmm.
2: That's interesting. What am I not passing? What am I? I'm not going to stress on education. <laughs> I probably feel like I want to homeschool if I have that grace, but um,
4: mm-hmm.
2: no. Um, so I, I don't want to to focus on. Yeah, let me just keep it as simple as that. I don't want to focus on education. I don't want to on bring it. one actually no you're not you're right on grades education is wholesome Mm. it's in everything Mm -hmm. but this idea of formal education Mm -hmm. this idea of going and to school to learn maths Mm -hmm. to learn sciences and to come back and have to give a grade that shows that you've learned I won't put them in that prison I can't I think that time and energy can be better spent Mm -hmm. in helping them understand life. And even those same things we're learning, because they're all applicable Mm -hmm. somewhere, somehow, but I can't do them that disservice Mm -hmm. and have issues with how grades and what. If you've done your best, there's always room to learn. You got a wrong, we can always learn what's right and revise and whatever. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But that's not what's going to be a deal breaker.
3: You're not saying, I don't care if they learn. For you, the focus is how you're learning. In what yeah. way are you understanding and applying what you're learning? That's it. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you have a message to your dad or to other dads, future dads, present dads? Is there anything you'd like to say to them?
2: Uh, to my dad, I think it would be a simple thank you uh, for your time, your effort, your choice to bring me up, to take care of me until I'm a grown-up. That's not an, an easy feat. Many people, many fathers abandon that. That role, that responsibility, and to my dad, he's chosen to be there. That alone is something I'm very grateful for, because not everyone has had that uh, that privilege. So it's a thank you. It's a thank you for for that decision, uh, bearing with me even when things didn't work out, uh, getting hurt, just being there. I think in itself is such a gift. Um. So I think that's really all I have for uh, for my dad and for other dads, new dads, you guys who are coming up uh want to get into fatherhood again i am very cautious of what i'm saying because i'm not a father yeah but yeah just don't don't just get into it for the sake of i know we desire to be parents we want kids but don't let that simple fact blind you from the reality of the task that is at hand which is more than just the fact that you wanted a child more than your ability to procreate it goes way beyond that it's bigger than yourself Mm. this is an entire human being that god purposed to be on this earth god will love loves them more than you will ever love them and so you have the role of at least guiding them towards this god this loving god and praying for them and trusting god that they'll be able to become what he wanted them to become So
1: that's what I would say.
3: At the end of the day, it's a responsibility. responsibility. It's a privilege. It's something Mm. to carry with honor, but it's also something to take very seriously. Yes. Awesome. So, on this podcast, we asked the guests, Would you rather question that they have never seen before? And so, Mm -hmm. Gabo, the question I have for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the question has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. Oh, yeah. So, the question I have for you.
1: I don't like it already. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like it already.
3: Okay, so would you rather date someone you someone met online, or would you rather go on a blind date, and why? Hey, you've even thrown
2: a why there. Na <laughs> <laughs> this is this is wicked. You
3: have to explain,
2: mm, your, explain answer. your answer. Uh, people don't deserve my experience. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Blind date or meet someone I someone I met online?
1: Yeah. Mm, uh...
2: You know what, I'd rather do both. Like, they all, they all sound cool. But I think, let me just go with... I think I'd do a... Yeah? No, you know what, no. I'll probably go with met someone online. I mean, this is me taking away also you the catfishing. say. Yeah, no, no, let's just assume umekuja vile uko, and you've come oh. authentically, your photos are accurate. You really don't know that.
3: You can't tell you met them online. You don't
2: know. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying holding those, those factors constant. That's a risk, but okay. Yeah, I, I, but I, uh, both of them are risk. When pattern number is like half a person. What do you do? I don't mean that by don't laugh. So, I would rather go... Half a person. Yeah, but half a person, what do you do? Whatever. So, I would rather meet someone I've met online, <laughs> and why? Again, holding those factors constant, then that means by the time I'm meeting you, it's because I want to meet you. And to monguea, at least with something there. Or I'm just interested to, curious to know more about you. Okay. So I'd rather do that. Otherwise, I think the don is cool. Only because of the three, like the the anxiety, it's like there, yeah. so of course I'll go with the safer one. I'd rather a photo. Actually, in fact, I'd rather the first because mm-hmm. atakujapo. and if they don't look like or sound like what we've been discussing, I'll just be like, Hiya, you're not the person and I just walk out. Or I can be like, hiya, this is interesting. Kumba, you're also a catfisher. like why do you do it? I'd actually be intrigued. <laughs> No catfish, I mean, like where, where It's not your photo, It's not everything. Like, why do you do it? That's so cool. Cause that will be good for me. Cause now I know Or you never know. So it's it'll, it, it. There's so many ways this could go. But I'd go with the first. But all of them are uh, have quite a quite a thrill. Are quite a thrill. Okay, cool. So you what, so... would you okay, so, well, what would you do? Watch I think so What would you do? Don't edit this out. Every when you.
3: You know, every time yeah, I, every ask, time this I question, ask this question, the guest, the guest you're like the, you're second, the second person second to insist on me, answering. And this is what and I said what last this time, this time, time. time, and I'll say it again. I don't
1: even want to hear what you
3: okay cool. Okay. So we've come, so, to, the we come to, to the end episode. of this episode. <laughs> uh, thank you so much you for so much. opening up. Okay. You really yeah. talked a lot about very important things yeah. that I think a lot think of people lot can of you. relate with or relate or to. If we forget everything you've mean. said except yeah. one thing, what's the one, what's thing, the thing, one thing you want to leave us with? with?
2: A desire to know God. Okay. I think and I leave it at that that it can explain itself. <laughs> I'm not yeah, to explain you it us Just
3: us, Bye.
2: You know what? Yes, because I I can't him. I I don't know anything you want in your life. Like if I if I had that one thing, mm-hmm. that's what I want. At least I mean, what else? What else will keep me? It's not food. Mm-hmm. It's not relationships. Don't get me wrong. There's a place. I'm just saying. In terms of like, it's God. He's done instituted everything. I want to know my Creator. I want to have a relationship with Him. Otherwise, I can't imagine how else will I know about myself. I need to know my Creator, and it's so. It's so relieving. I, I want to know my Creator. I want to have a relationship with Him. I want to be with, with, I want to know my God. Let that flow. Let every other thing flow from that. Like there's nothing I desire more. I don't care about music. I don't care about careers. I want to first know my Creator. I want to know my God. Let that define every other thing I do. He's the he'll tell me the standards. He's gonna help me. I'll make me know myself. Why do I do the things the why I do? I'll get answers to whatever I need to. And then everything else can flow from that. I don't mind. Mm. But then only that one thing, I would say that.
3: Just- Desire to know your creator. And I feel like that's a, that's different from join a religious organization or become a Christian. Because once you're connected to the source of your life who you are why you exist what you're about once you know that then everything begins to go back to how it should be your physical health improves your mental health improves everything about you improves once you know who your creator is so there you have it ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to this episode see you in the next one bye